the peace of the Lord be with you. Today is the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 7 to 9. Romans chapter 13 verse 8 to 10. Matthew chapter 18 verse 15 to 20. Our responsibility towards the salvation of others. Ezekiel defends the rule of an OT prophet. The pro- prophet Ezekiel was deported by Nebuchadnezzar from Jerusalem to Babylon, together with King Jehoiachin of Judah, and with most of the nobles of the country. You, son of man, Yahweh proclaims, I have appointed you watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. Like a watchman, the prophet exists only for the good of others. In this case, those deported to Babylon. He is to give them God's words, to challenge them and to correct them from time to time, so that if they go wrong, the responsibility will be theirs. Here, Ezekiel gets straightforward orders to Yahweh assigning responsibility to him and to the people with no ifs and all buts tolerated as christians we are all god's prophets god's representatives god's watchmen set on elevated places to give warning of approaching danger to our brothers and sisters some of us are good parents counselors teachers leaders of societies we all have represent we all have responsibility prophets of all times have a grave responsibility for their people's salvation none of us can retire from the task of being a watchman st paul in the second reading seems to be saying you still want the law i will give you real law love one another to fulfill the law if god is known and loved there can be no basis or motive for true love of neighbor it is only the presence of god in each human being and the recognition of others as god's children that can form a sound basis for the love of our neighbor in the gospel, Matthew expands the saying originally concerned primarily with forgiveness into a foster procedure of disciplinary members in the new community. In the 17th century, the great Anglican priest and the poet John Donne reminded us no man is an island entire unto himself. Today, Jesus instructed his disciples about the relationships among members of the church because through baptism, we are to be keepers of one another. Suppose a son or doctor or anyone does something wrong to us. He outlined Foster's process, confrontation, negotiation, abdication, and excommunication. It should be done in the church cycles. Confrontation. The worst thing that can we can do about wrong done is to brood over it. 
Brooding can poison our whole mind and life until we can think of nothing else but our sense of personal injury. We must not gossip either. Hence, the first step proposed by Jesus to the one who has been wronged is that you should go to meet the offender in person and point out lovingly, but all seriousness, the harm he has done. This is designed to let the two people solve the issue between them. If it works out at that level, that is the ideal situation. You have won back your brother. The second step is negotiation. Suppose the first step does not resolve the situation and the person refuses to admit wrong. This creates problem. The second step is to take one or two other members of the church along with the wrong person to speak to the wrongdoer and to act as confirming witnesses. It is meant to assist the process of reconciliation by explaining calmly the gravity of the situation. Nowadays, we call that intervention and the group may also include a qualified third party counselor, teacher or priest. Rabbis had the saying, judge not alone, for none may judge above except God. The third step is adjudication. If the negotiation step does not resolve the situation either, the third step is to have the whole church confront the wrongdoer. The case is brought to the Christian fellowship because troubles are never amicably settled by going to civil law of court, court of law. Further, the church provides an atmosphere of Christian prayer, Christian love, in which personal relationships may be righted in the light of love. Finally, in the matters of honor and shame, the community is the final arbiter for the community as a whole suffers from wrongdoing. And the last one is excommunication. If the offender chooses to disregard the believing community's judgment, <clears throat> the consequence is excommunication. This means that if none of the three steps has brought resolution, then the wrongdoer should be treated like gentile or tax collector. That is, he should be put out of the church in hope that temporal alienation alone may bring the erring person to repentance and change. Many scriptures call us think that Jesus would not have suggested this step. That is a personal addition by Matthew. They wonder how this step of expulsion can be squared with Jesus' openness to sinners, including corruptors, collectors, and prostitutes. But let us remember that Jesus' reception to these people depended on their change of heart and abandonment of their sinful ways. Jesus concludes the action plan by stating that all his disciples have authority to bind and loose. That is such a conflict between community members. In addition, Jesus gives the assurance that when the church community gathers in Jesus' name, in the spirit of prayer, to hear legal cases, Jesus is there to guide and rectify procedure. My dear brothers and sisters, we are our brothers, our sisters' keeper. 
modern believers tend to think that they have a right to intervene in the private lives of their fellow believers. So, they pay no heed to correcting others. Others think they can evade the issue saying, as a sinner, I don't have the moral courage or right to correct someone else. Jesus affirms today that we should be our brother's keeper. Let us pray. God our Father, you redeem us and make us your children in Christ. Look upon us and give us true freedom and bring us to the inheritance you promise. Amen. I still remain your servant, brother, for the fellowship of the peace of the Lord be with you.